Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And we're tired. We're hearing that others are tired too. A colleague wrote to me recently asking for help planning a retreat for his team. He said, our staff are tired and burnt out. Leadership is constantly putting out fires and no one has time to think about the future. I've been asked with coordinating a day of renewal for our senior leadership and I would love your help. You know, it seems like we're in a here we go again moment when we thought we would be back to normal, whatever that means. And yet we're seeing in-person events canceled and feeling that rewrite fatigue all over again. For sure, Nancy, I'm seeing this everywhere and I'm feeling it myself. It just sort of feels like I don't know what the end is, nor is there an end in sight. And I feel like everyone's just a little more tired, a little more on edge, a little more in need of care and feeding. And I think if you're a nonprofit leader, you feel that among those you serve You feel that among your staff and your volunteers, and you probably feel it within yourself. So I think it's probably worth a little bit of time today to explore how can we help you work through the burnout phase we all probably feel like we're in. I think you're absolutely right. You know, this week, uh, the new episode of Survivor kicked off. And you know, in our house that folks are burnt out when one spouse says to the other, Let's watch Survivor to take a break. And there we are watching these people out on some desert island in Fiji saying, well, that's worse than our day. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yes, it is a sign. So so let's talk about what we can do beyond Survivor. <laughs> okay, so what should we do? Well, first of all, I think that person that reached out to you, Nancy, they should host that retreat. It's a really excellent idea to actually put a date on a calendar and be really intentional about setting some time to acknowledge the burnout and to figure out how you as an organization and as a group can work through it together. Okay, so so the retreat should happen. What would you make sure is on the agenda for that retreat? Mm, Gosh, I'm sure you have some good ideas and I bet our listeners do too, but uh, aside from chocolate, which first comes to mind. Definitely chocolate, dark chocolate. (laughs) Um, I also think about a, a, a few other things. And first and foremost for me that comes to mind is an opportunity to connect with people, even if it has to be done virtually, even if if that's where you are, um, make sure you allow for that simple unstructured time. You know, we talk a lot in parenting about making sure our kids have unstructured playtime. I think adults need unstructured social time as well with each other right now because we've, we've been missing it for a long time. So certainly would set aside some time for that real authentic human connection. And then the second thing that I feel is super important is that whole section on gratitude. And that's both giving and receiving. If you have burnt out nonprofit leaders, or if you are a burnt out nonprofit leader, chances are it's been a while since someone said, hey, Nancy, I see you're working really hard. I appreciate that. You know, the other day I was in a coalition meeting with four or five other nonprofit leaders, and someone just brought us all each a glass jar full of flowers from their garden. There was no note. There was no elaborate speech. It was just, there were these jars sitting on the table and she said, hey, you all should take one of these, you know, brighten your day. Oh my gosh, did it transform my world. (laughs) Yeah. So a moment in that retreat to receive some very simple, not expensive gratitude is really important. And equally, we know from science that it feels good 
to give gratitude. Um, so also setting aside some time in that retreat for your, your participants to get to express their appreciation and thanks to someone who's been helping them through this process is really important because they probably feel like they haven't had time to do that either. I think that's a really good point. This notion of really visibly valuing people and seeing, making sure that they understand that the work matters, that they made a personal difference, that is part of this really hard slog over the past year, we can actually just stop and look back. Sometimes, you know, after a busy week, I'm like, oh my God, that was a week. And then I I go through my agenda and I see all the things I actually did accomplish. And it's the same for our organizations that our organizations have accomplished a lot, even if it's redoing events and redoing, you know, strategic plans and whatever, a lot has been accomplished and a lot of people have been served. So, so let's remember that. Absolutely. You know, I'm leading a a board retreat in a couple of weeks and um, we're going to start off by all sharing our proud for that organization. And I love that that's become like a noun, you know, what are your prouds? Really easy right now to focus on all the things that aren't going well. It's really easy to focus on all the things that aren't happening. And I think it's really important to hold that space to both, again, receive that gratitude for the prouds you made possible and then to give that out. I guess I would also add that it's really important at an agenda for a retreat like this to make sure there's some laughter. I think we've been missing that a lot in our world. I don't know, laughter on Zoom is, it's different than laughter in person. But even if you're on Zoom, find ways for people to have a chance to just let go a little bit. And that is valuable. It's not wasted time. I was counseling my daughter recently who just started college and she was trying to sign up for 84 different organizations and clubs. And, and I, I remember reading somewhere some, some quote that will come out better than I'm about to say it. But, you know, basically sometimes you have to miss a few things so that you don't miss a lot later. Mm-hmm. You have to have to kind of know. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that sometimes we need to spend a little time on something that feels like a waste of time, like laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, buy us the ability later to be here and fully present and ready to work for our mission. Along those lines of things that we often think is a waste of time, but really it's not, is time to reflect. That in my recent meetings and classes online, you know, I'm leaving time for people to just stop and think. And, you know, we have conversations about how we don't do that because people are so busy. Like if I just had five minutes of dead time right now, people would leave, right? You know, we're too busy for that. But this notion that having intentional time to just stop and think that that is so important. You know, yep. And so if I was doing a retreat, I would I would make that time outside time. Because mm. for me, being in nature or, or, you know, getting to breathe in fresh air, that's a way to, to just free the mind. And, you know, maybe I'd even ask people to sketch something they see, which, you know, makes it most adults like run in horror to have to draw. But there's something really wonderful about sitting there and just looking at a flower or looking at a tree and trying to draw it. And your mind, it just opens up. And all of a sudden you're seeing problems in a, in a different light. So yes, absolutely. A retreat agenda at this point needs to have some moments of silence and quiet and opportunities for people to zone out for a little bit and then let that creative mind open. You know, when you were young as a kid, I'm I'm sure you had this experience where I at least remember walking around saying, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. But it was in those moments that I would come up with the best like fort design or, you know, the best new game to play with my neighbor down the street. That boredom sometimes really releases some creative juices. And we don't 
have any boredom time right now at all. We're all just running as fast as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, So building that into the retreat intentionally, I think is a brilliant idea. Yeah. And, you know, the last thing I would say needs to be on the agenda. We've talked a lot about, you know, reflection and connection and all those things. I do think I would make sure there's one thing that you make progress on. So one programmatic thing that you really need all brains in the room for, and it can just be one, don't overload the agenda, but just one thing that you're able to fix, unlock, solve, move forward so that you feel that your time was worth it as a programmatic team. Oh, I think that's such a brilliant idea, Nancy. Thank you for thank you for bringing that up because nonprofit people tend to be doers, fixers, solvers, whatever you want to say. And so we might leave a retreat that was too much, you know, reflection and feeling quiet <laughs> as if ah, we didn't get something done. So it's this kind of constant balance, right? Of of making sure we do actually feel like we left and we left connected to our mission a little better. And I think it's you know really important to end that retreat with with some opportunity to say like, guys, I am still feeling this mission in my bones and that will rejuvenate me too. Yeah. So let's go to another idea in terms of how we're managing burnout. And that is this notion that we're stronger together, that I know that's something we we say lightly and it, and yet it really is true. Finding that group of people wearing shoes that seem a lot like yours and walking together for a while. I was talking to an executive director who was telling me about this Facebook executive director forum. She's based in Arizona, but she finds this forum to be the place where people are connecting, sharing, lifting each other up, you know, talking about the burnout that they're all experiencing. And so finding your group, whatever your group is, it could be a nonprofit network. There are many of those. It could be your local chamber of commerce or your just the friend down the street, just find your group and walk together, be together and share those emotions. Absolutely. And along those same lines, you know, I think it's also really important to honor the feelings you're having. It's perfectly okay right now to feel tired and to admit it, to be vulnerable enough to say, I'm tired. I'm still plugging away, but I'm tired or I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed. And again, if you, as you said, if you have that person or group to, to talk that through, that becomes extremely healthy. But even just sitting with the feelings sometimes helps them not grow, right? And helps them settle into a place where you can do something with them. You know, I, I often talk about cross-country running coaching. We're in our high school season right now. And I have a lot of kids who are really anxious about racing. And I used to try to convince them that you didn't need to be nervous And now I'm sort of like, let's embrace being nervous. Tell me what it feels like. I think it probably means you're, you're getting excited for the race and it means it matters to you. You know, so we don't, we don't deny that we're nervous. (laughs) We sit with it. We describe it. And sometimes when you actually put to words, what it feels like, compare it to something, you know, then it's not scary anymore. It's, it's just a, a thing that's happening. Right. And what are we learning about ourselves, ourselves individually and ourselves as organizations? I was talking to a risk expert recently, um, and we were talking about how nonprofits are typically risk adverse, that we don't embrace change that, I mean, as humans, we don't embrace change, right? I mean, we're surrounded by change and yet change is scary. And by sitting with that discomfort and really naming it, maybe we're learning something about ourselves. We're reflecting on really the resilient, courageous people we are as the nonprofit sector. 
and maybe being uh, somebody who could embrace that change and to learn from that change would be something that would help our organizations. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go so far as to say, Nancy, I think it's what makes you and your movement real to your supporters and followers, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I think we all have this image that what we want to follow is the organization that always does everything right and the leader who's perfect and has it all together. But I think if we actually look at who we admire and who we appreciate more and more, it's people who are real. It's people who say, oh, I made a mistake. People who apologize. People who say, I didn't get to that because I was too busy dealing with this. Who still are responsible, still are accountable, still feel that passion for the mission, but who are real people. And I think that means your organization can be a real organization that doesn't always get everything right. Absolutely. And I think our last idea here is to refresh your understanding and commitment to creating trust and connection online. We spent a lot of time talking about this a year ago when all of a sudden we were online and we may need to just refresh our thinking, refresh our understanding of what that means. I've been talking a lot about Erica Dewan's book, Digital Body Language. I blogged about this. She has four laws of digital body language that I have found really interesting to ponder and to see how I can bring these more deeply into my practice. The four laws are value visibly. So really make sure you're seeing people. Communicate carefully. So using clear words and making sure that people are hearing you clearly and intentionally. Collaborate confidently and then trust totally. And I know it's hard to trust online. We don't see, you know, the body language is so distant. I can't, I'm not with you. We're not laughing together in the same space. But that notion that we're building trust with one another and we're on a journey together, I think is really important. Those are great. I got to read that now. Yeah. Yeah. So what's our word of the week? Well, I think our word of the week this week should be breathe. Here's why I'm going to go off in a slightly different way than you might think. But when I think about breathing, the first thing I think about actually is that it's one of those functions we just do without thinking. Like most of my day, I don't think about breathing just like I don't think about digesting, fortunately. But if I do stop and pause and think about my breathing, I can change it, right? And I can actually make it work for me better. So when I'm feeling stressed, I can make it deeper and slower and calmer. I can exhale with more meaning and I can actually change the way I feel about something. And I know this will sound weird, but I actually think that that is just like the nonprofit leaders to do list. It will always be full. You don't have to think about it. You will always have things on your to-do list. Kind of like digesting. It'll just be there happening around you. There's always going to be something else to do, but if you stop and pause and think about it, be really conscious about what's what, what should be at the top of it. How do I want it to feel and look? Um, you'll change the way you look at that, all those tasks on that to-do list. So just like breathing, we can be intentional about our to-do lists and how we go about approaching our work. And that can help us get out of these burnout phases. I've been thinking about intentionality and breathing as well. You know, over the summer, I was on San Juan Island on a bike trip and I stopped by the local lavender farm and bought, of course, the lavender face cream. And I swear it's getting me through the, the stress these days. I put on my <laughs> lavender face cream. I'm like one of those, you know, I love Lucy episodes with the white cream all over your face. But I just breathe those smells in and it calms me. I recently found out about a Lakota soap maker outside Pullman, Washington, and I've been buying the sweet grass conditioner and I breathe in that smell and it calms me. 
We can control what we're breathing in from social media to the people we're surrounded by. And I don't even mean to be thinking of the breathing in related to COVID and what we're not breathing in by wearing masks. But this notion that we can be intentional is really important right now, that we feel out of control. And by remembering what we do have control over, it gives us calm. And I think that's Mm -hmm. important these days. You know what that reminds me of, Nancy, is that I'm a huge fan of the Olympics and I was watching the Olympic trials in track and field. And there's a wonderful, strong, powerful runner named Cindy McLaughlin who runs the 400 meter hurdles, which is an incredibly difficult race. And in her Olympic trials, which of course is what she's been training for her whole life. I think they, there were five false starts, like sometimes the gun didn't work. Sometimes someone went too early and that's, you know, really stressful when you're running the 400 meter hurdles. And she looked exceptionally calm and after she, after her race where she did qualify for the Olympics, the interviewer asked her how she handled the four or five false starts. And she said, well, after the, after the second one, I said to myself, Sydney, you can, you can't control what happens with the gun, but you can control how you respond. And I feel like that's the mantra going through my head time and time again here in these next few weeks, <laughs> which is I, I, I don't actually have a lot of control over everything that's going on around me, but I can control how I respond. And to your point, exactly what we breathe in. I love that. Well, so we recently held our second live show as part of the Idaho Nonprofit Center Conference. An attendee wrote that she appreciated the chance to hear the possibilities We experienced over the past year the ebb and flow of feeling the hope of possibility. We believe in the power of possibility even when the doors seem to be closing all around us. We are a strong, resilient sector with strong, resilient people. We see and believe in you. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities. <laughs>